Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. I gave it a little extra juice there. Cause a little it's, pizzazz. It's been like three weeks, so got to bring a little something, something to the table. You know what I mean? It's what the people need. It's My name is people James. want. That's right. That's right, Big Tyler, Tyler, Big Herbie, Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is your name? Oh, man. Fucking A. That's, that's bringing it in here. All right, All we're right. good. Tyler, Big Herbie, Herbox with me. Trey, Sneaker Fingers, Jose is also with me. Hello. My name is James Dreer. We are the Fantasy Football Fathers, and we appreciate you all listening to the show. We've been gone for a couple few weeks now. A little hiatus. You know what it is, that summertime vibes, um, just catching a little little sun. A little TLC. A little TLC. I mean, let's be honest. It's the it's the offseason in the NFL. There's not, not a whole lot going on happening. right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but we're happy to be back recording a little episode today. We're going to be going over some of the more recent news. Um, also talking a little cuff carry cut, which is kind of our new segment. Yeah, it's like we introduced our, it slightly, like you know, like a month ago. Yeah, it's kind of like um, what is it? Fuck Mary um, Kill. Yeah, that's or F probably Mary the Kill. original. Well, it's exactly like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not kind of like that. <laughs> Additionally, we'll be going over um, our early breakout running back picks. So that's pretty cool. Essentially, those um, these guys that we're picking are. Really, the way we're going about it is um, we think that their value could rise significantly. Um, think of like a, a Jonathan Taylor last year going at the back end of the first round in most redraft leagues and then finishing as the number one overall pick or running back. So uh, we're going to make some early predictions on those types of players. Um, so, yeah, should be a good show. Let's get it. Well, let's, uh, let's start here with uh, the news pieces. Um, very first off the list, fresh off the press, Scary Terry signs a three-year extension worth 71 mil, uh, which puts him up there with some of the highest-paid receivers in the league right now, but absolutely tanks him for this year in redraft. I mean... We all assumed they would get a deal done, but I was still kind of holding out hope that somehow, some way, he gets traded and goes somewhere that he could actually be a top, you know, 10 type of fantasy producer. Um, he hasn't been a top 20 receiver the last three years in a row, and I don't think that changes now. Well, I mean, Carson he's Wentz. only been in the league for three years, so it's not like he was one at well, the right. he came back. But. Yeah, so for every single year that he's been in the league... He hasn't been a top 20 wide receiver. Yeah, you want to run through his quarterbacks in those three years? Yeah. No, literally. You want to do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because like, they're not worth really talking about. Right. Uh, I, I know you're going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't play a down before he got hurt. Or he played like one down before he got hurt. I'm not going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick. I thought you were going to bring him up. No, no. I mean, so you had like Ryan Fitzpatrick. You had – was Alex Smith there when his rookie year? I think he was. Uh, Honestly, at this point, you can't ask me that. Okay. <laughs> That's so far but, back. Okay. I mean, he's been playing with mediocre quarterbacks at best, you know, 
like barely replacement level quarterbacks. So we've seen we've seen what he's done with crappy quarterbacks. And I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is like a great quarterback, but I think it's probably a bit of an upgrade. I still have, I still hold a little out of little faith in Wentz than what we've seen in the last few years. Um, Why? Because he he showed he was he was an MVP candidate be, the year he got hurt. Like it was it happened what like week twelve or thirteen. So like he's shown that he can be that guy under the right coaching. I'm not necessarily certain that Ron Rivera is that right coaching, but either way, like he's shown flashes of it. Um, I think is mostly in his head. If we can get somebody to pull his head out of his ass, essentially, I think he can still be a decent quarterback in this league. We just got to find the right situation. But uh, granted, him being a watch right now is probably his last chance. Well, the reason you're saying that you think that Jeremy McCorn is going to have a top 20 year? I think he can. The potential's there. I, I believe in it, and he's put up some good stats. And I'm with you on the Carson Wentz thing. It's very up or down, and I believe he can be a great quarterback. But top 20, definitely top 30. Scary Terry. Well, I mean, that's that's almost a given at this point. Yeah, that's probably guaranteed. I think does he does he give you wide receiver two production? Because that's where you, that's where you're going to draft him as. Yeah, I mean, he's been fringe at this he's, point. You his know, ADP right now is forty overall. Well, top thirty is wide receiver two. Well, it depends on the size of your league. Yeah, it depends on the size of the league, but I mean it's close enough. Well, even in a twelve-team league, uh, if the draft goes right, that's your wide receiver too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. So, I, honestly, I'm gonna say I think Scary Terry's a top twenty receiver this year. I For have the that first time in. ever. Yeah, I mean it's not like he's been far off. He was his rookie year. He's twenty ninth. He was twentieth the year after that, and then he was twenty fifth last season. Like he's not far off. So, and also, I think the year that he was, he went uh, 20th, like right there, he also only played, he missed one game. That one game would have put him in probably into the top 20, like, you know, at 19, maybe 18, depending on the size of the game. So, the talent is there. You're adding in a couple of guys uh, to help him out there in terms of, like, taking all the pressure off him on in the receiving core. So, there, you have to go with that, too, because you now have. Uh, Curtis Samuels there, who was hurt a lot last year. We were hoping that he'd be he come in and be the, that true number two. So Not he's there. Okay, but as a true number two, somebody you have to work with. I mean, he he had like sixty catches, eight hundred yards the year before in Carolina. Yeah, uh, Jahan Dotson. Yeah, and they drafted Jahan Dotson, who and I know Brown. Yeah, Dynami Brown was a draft pick from last year. So like, right. There's some, and don't forget about Gibson and uh, McKinnon out of the backfield. Right. So. There's just guys. I think there's enough on this offense that, or I'm sorry, McKissick. I said McKinnon. Um, it's McKissick, but uh, there's enough on this offense. I think he's gonna. I actually, I don't think he's going to be a top twenty receiver. I'm certain of this at this point. Especially after being motivated, he just got a big payday. Yeah. I feel like I'm on an island here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're, Am I on an island? You are on an island. It's someone I want to believe in. I definitely. Just, I, I, I'm so over Carson Wentz, dude. Like I, I can't get. There. I still, I don't know why. There's still a bit of me that holds out hope. I think. <laughs> I think he's a terrible quarterback. I think he was pretty good in 2017. I think since then something mentally has changed. Yeah, I agree. Within that man, that has made him. I, I, a honestly, terrible I agree. Quarterback, but it's not. It's not physical. So like, it, it'd be different if like 
he absolutely shredded his knee. He can't move anymore, right? It's in, it's in his head, which means you can fix that, whether through yeah. psychology, yeah. therapy. Like, there's so, like all he needs to do is something to click a little different for him that now, and he can be that guy. Honestly, the biggest thing is for him not to force it. Like, let the plays come to him. Hit the easy read. Don't try to hit the hit the home run ball every time. Carson feels like, to me, the type of guy that, and I don't know, I don't really know him personally, but just in the interviews I've seen and shit, like, he feels kind of, like, stuck in his ways and might be a little well, different. Like, I mean, the not, reports. Might not be so coachable. The reports do say he does not take well to hard coaching. Yeah. Which sucks, because, like, he seems like he needs guy, hard coaching, but think, he's a bit of a softy. Yeah, I think no, I think he... I think he had a really fucking crazy year where everything went well for him, and he just thought, okay, this is me. This is who I'm going to be in the NFL. This is fucking easy. And now shit's changed, and shit's really, really hard for him, and he's been having a tough time. And I don't know if he's the type of guy that takes well to someone that's never been at that MVP level telling him what to do. You know what I mean? Like – as a player, I don't know. I that's just the impression I get. Like, and for me, I'm just like, if you're not coachable, if you're not willing to, you know, go above and beyond and listen and 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 do the, th- you know, humble yourself and say, hey, you know what, I do have shit I need to work on. To me, it's just like I don't know. It's just kind of a lost cause at that point. I mean, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. It's probably some inner inner looking, but I mean. And, I don't know. I think he. I just. I'm just saying. I think he still can be that guy. Yeah. I, and not that I don't think he's ever gonna get back to like that MVP level. I think we're probably long gone from that. But I think he can be a serviceable quarterback. I think he could be a Kirk Cousins with better, you know, movement. Dude, Rich Gannon won MVP 15 years. That's a great example, actually. That's a great 15 example. 15 years into his NFL career, like. Quarterbacks not all, can have all these narratives about them, but no, that, that's a great. Of, I mean, Kirk, I mean, Rich Gannon was a like a career backup for what twelve years or something like that. Ten years, um, it was a long time. Uh, really, about like four or five. <clears throat> oh, was that all? And, and he started a decent amount of games for the Redskins and Kansas City Chiefs. Right, but then he but, went. He went to the Super Bowl with the with the Raiders. Like, yeah, and that's the year that. Pardon me, Vikings and Kansas City Chiefs, but yeah, the the year two thousand two is the year they lost to the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Yeah, against yeah. one of the best defenses put together in the last twenty years. So like, yeah, that's the year he won MVP. But his whole career, he's been considered a journeyman quarterback until that point, really. So that you know, that's it, that's it's a, a small comparison. It is, but that, that's it. It just shows that you like you can break out later in your career. And Wentz has already shown he has the ability to do it, so I just think he needs to put it together to you know be that guy. It's not. I don't think it's that different than like, um, kind of. Uh, Kurt Warner is kind of maybe a little far off just because like he, uh, you know, he he came out of nowhere to become the MVP of the league and win a Super Bowl with the Rams. But then when uh, we have to remember when he left the Rams, he had those really really bad years in the Giants or with New York and the Giants and then he went and resurrected his career again in Arizona so like there's examples where like some guys like guys can hit a peak fall off and make it back up the mountain I'm just saying Wentz has the talent to do so okay okay 
<laughs> we gotta move on. He hasn't had the Nathan Peter like Nathan Peterman game, or is that the right name? <laughs> sure. Yeah. What, you mean the six pick game? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, that's bad. He, come on, people shit on him. Well, yeah, he definitely he's has potential still. So like, let's see what happens this year. Uh, Deshaun Watson facing a possible one year ban per the Shifter, um, and multiple other reports. Um, the hearing was is now over. I think it ended yesterday. Um, there's still no timetable on his punishment decision. So, is it the hearing's over now? I thought that, that yeah, it's still kind of ongoing. But okay, I mean honestly, here's the deal. So like, it was almost a year. How can it be over? There's so many cases. Yeah, uh, apparently that's but what sleeper said. So it was just one of those one of those things. Um, it was about a year ago. It got reported that. The NFL offered him a one-year suspension, and it was like, we won't dig any deeper. You take the one-year suspension, that's what you'll get, and we'll you know, call it a wash, essentially. He didn't want to do that. And he essentially still had that year suspension because he sat out all of last season, or Houston basically make him sat out, right? And now the NFL says they're going for at least minimum one-year suspension. He could be looking at, you know, 18 months, two years, they might ban him from the league. Like that's always obviously that's a, a very extreme, yeah. but it's not off the table, right, dude? I was talking about this in the episode that we didn't upload because uh, our audio got technical up. difficulties. Yeah, yeah, technical difficulties last week. This is my biggest point about Deshaun Watson's whole thing with him being suspended for possibly a year. Is well, if, if they're gonna suspend Calvin Ridley. For from what they discovered, him betting fifteen hundred dollars on non Falcons games on non Falcons games, right? How can they justify not suspending him at least one year? Like we're talking about someone uh, sexually assaulting women in what is it, sixty six or seventy six cases. Something 20, crazy like 26 that. cases, 66 masseuses in 17 weeks. <laughs> well, right? And there's 24 actual lawsuits. Well, I can't remember the number. We did the math. Basically, it was like basically once a week for 12 months. Something like that, yeah. Um, honestly, the, uh, the biggest thing here, too, is it's getting very damning because now one, at least so far, one of the lawsuits is now suing the Texans directly for enabling the activity. So it's like the Texans knew he was doing this and said, well, if we, maybe we let him like just fondle our masseuses. It's okay. (laughs) Who fucking knows, man? Like, and that's the, that's the biggest problem is like, it's all weird as shit. And it's like, who knows? Like, I mean, all I'm saying is like, He's gonna you have be to gone. know something. You have to know something's up. I mean, I know we, this man's requesting oh, 60. Like, a, yeah. First of all, your own private like ho- room. But, but why is everyone different outside of the facility? I need a different masseuse every week. That's yeah. crazy. Obviously, two, it's two. all weird. Let's talk about the fancy implications. Would you consider at all, even in your deepest leagues, if you're playing like a a twenty person league, would you draft a Sean Watson? At, at this point, it seems like it, it's pointless. Well, right now, if I'm in, okay, <laughs> only if I'm like desperate at quarterback, and I am, let's say we're we're in a dynasty, and I think I can hold on, just right. bet, like stash him for a year, 
hopefully that's all the suspension is. Sure. But like for redraft leagues or anything that's happening this season specifically, no. You're not going to touch him. Yeah. And granted, we're very early in the offseason. God forbid that I, – I hope this doesn't happen, but like God forbid the NFL comes out like, oh, we give him a six-game suspension or an eight-game suspension. That's that's terrible. First of all, like that's a major black mark on the league in general if that it were to happen. But we're a long way They from won't that. do that. They they can't take the publicity no. that but they, they also, would get. They even said they I mean, already they could, want – they, they initially – they offered him a year suspension probably knowing he was going to get more. Right. So at this point, like a year suspension is like basically the minimum we're looking at. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. It's someone like fantasy wise. Obviously, this is a fantasy football podcast. Someone I'm not interested in at all. I don't even want him in dynasty leagues. And that's fair, honestly, because like, like I said, like yeah, it's a one year minimum. Headache and yeah, you know the controversy and all that shit. And unless you have like an open sure. taxi league where like you like most taxi taxi squads are about uh you know your rookies yeah right if you unless you have a like a the definition of a tax squad that can be anybody you want kind of like an r an yeah. ir situation right um that's the only way they can make that work other than that yeah you're yeah, right deshaun Washington should not be touched in any league he'll be this man will literally be taking up a bench spot for the next two years um on your roster so not worth know. it probably not worth it um cam Akers. moving on to brighter news cam Akers reportedly a hundred percent in minicamp. How do you guys feel about that? Do you, you take that with a grain of salt or no. think no. it's legit? No, 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 legit. Are you kidding me? He came back at the end of last season. He didn't look great, but like he came back. So the fact that he can come back and now, you know, by the time training comes around, he's like six months removed from even coming back to action. No, I'm I am one hundred percent on Cam Akers this year. You're I was all big, in on him? Oh, I was big on him last year before the injury happened. Um Actually, I think even in our in one dynasty league, I had him, and I, I ended up dropping him just because like I was like that's a I I couldn't put him on my bench, I couldn't go on my attack squad, so I got rid of him. But it's one of those things like I am all in on Cam Akers this year. He's gonna be the bread winner of this L.A. Rams backfield. Um, uh, yeah, I would I would probably... Trey is shaking his head. Trey says no. I, I'm sorry, Daryl Henderson's like okay, like he he's not bad. He played pretty well last year, but Cam Akers is like on another level in terms of athleticism and as good as running back. Right now, Cam Akers ADP is twenty nine. Wait, is Fuck that real? It. I love that. Are you kidding me? All day at twenty nine. Twenty nine. Well, that that's one thing we we have talked about plenty of times. You put any running back behind that offensive line and that offensive scheme. They're gonna be productive. Gonna be productive. That's um I got Cam Akers at eighteen as a running back. Is that sleeper? I'm on sleeper. Uh no, so eighteen running back, thirty five overall. Sleeper does have him at the sixteenth running back, so a little, little higher. But even then, are you That's kidding? in front me? of Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, JK Dobbins. I mean actually David I'm a, Montgomery. That, that makes uh, yeah, I don't know about it over David Montgomery, honestly. But Travis oh Etienne. my god, we will get into that later. <laughs> All right, are you kidding me? All right, let's go to the next news topic. We're gonna get into some juicy over stuff later. David Montgomery. No, he said I don't know about over David Montgomery. Right? 
No, no, he, he it, right now he it is over Dave Right, right, right. Oh, no. me, yeah. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure what Trey. <laughs> he feels. said he's about over. No, I don't right? think he did. No, I said I'm not sure about him being over Dave Montgomery. That's oh, it's close. I'll it's take close. it back. I'll take it back. Okay. I'll take All it right, back. next piece of news: Rashad <laughs> Penny is reportedly in the driver's seat to be the RB one in Seattle. According to beat writers, uh, right now Penny's right around 120 ADP. Kenneth Walker is about 45. Um, Let's be real. Anyone that's paying attention knows this what's happening. Last year, and this stat so, might blow your mind. Hold on. From weeks 12 to 18, Rashad Penny was number one overall for running backs. It doesn't blow our mind because we knew. We talked about it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. If he can stay healthy, we know what it was. And I called it, uh, I think at the end of the last season, Chris Carson has a neck injury. Neck yeah. injuries are wild. Yeah. And we've seen all, like, I don't Is know if you've multiple? seen it. Look it up on Twitter. You can look up Chris Carson, like hashtag Chris Carson or whatever. See the, the surgery that he had and like the screws he has in his neck. Why would you invest in him? We we did a Twitter poll on. Well, we're uh, not we're not really talking about Carson at this point. We're it's all about Penny and and Kenny Walker. Right. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at because literally no votes were for Chris Carson. Yeah, I mean, if you dig dig into it, you're right. I mean, the Chris Carson and towards the end of the last season, I thought like all the reporting we were hearing is like he could come back or he will probably come back. And then the farther we get into the offseason, the farther we get into offseason, it's like, no. Like, his career is probably over. Yeah, he's done. He's more likely to be, be done than anything. So, it is the Penny and Walker show. Now, that's the – I mean, on the consensus, so like fantasypros.com, uh, the consensus is Richard Penny at 31 with Kenny Walker at 36. So, pretty damn close between the running backs, right? Who are you taking first? Like, honestly, who are you guys taking first in a draft? Well, I'll tell you this. I'm not taking Kenneth Walker at his ADP. I will take Rashad Penny at his. Rashad Penny could be the steal of the draft this next year if he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's the big thing, if he can stay healthy. For one year because all the talent is there. The guy has the talent. They drafted him in the first round for a fucking reason. Well, I mean, they drafted Kenny Walker in the second. Yeah, so maybe they reach on running backs a little bit. You can make that (laughs) argument, but... At the same time, we've seen the talent. It's there. Oh, yeah, for sure. We know Rashad Penny's a good running back, like better than a lot of other guys in terms of talent. Um, for me, the ADP on Kenneth Walker right now is way too rich. Well, I mean, it's technically, in uh, on some leagues, it's higher than on than uh, Rashad Penny, which is crazy. Like, on Sleeper, Kenny Walker's Sleeper going... Sleeper is way higher. Yeah, Kenny Walker's going uh, as a 28th running back versus Rashad Penny as the 36th running back. Right. That's a... Like, the consensus is a little closer. Difference. That's a huge difference on Sleeper. I'll tell you this. If Rashad Penny's healthy, he is the running back one in this offense. If Rashad Penny gets hurt, I think it'll be a, a massive committee. I don't think it's just Kenneth Walker... By himself, because DJ Dallas is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, so is Travis Homer. Travis Homer, that's the other guy I was trying to think about. They're going to mix those guys in. They will. And they did that last year, even with Trod Penning and Chris Carson. When they Even when they were both healthy, they still mixed in DJ. They still mixed in Travis. Right. Is, is Rashad really that guy, though? You would know, Irby. 
Is Rashad really that guy? He's that third down guy. You can have him on third down and long blocking. Yeah, I, he can be, but the biggest issue is that he hasn't shown that because of his health, right? But he's a he's a big it's crazy. He's a big dude. He's like two twenty five, and he runs like a four four. Have yeah, yeah for sure. He runs like a four four. He's he's big and fast. So like athletically, he's there. At this point, he's four years in the league. So like in terms of blocking schemes, he understands that it's been the same offense the whole time. I mean, you know, small tweaks, whatever. You know, different offense corners, but even like he understands his assignment now at this point. So yeah, he can do that. But it's all about him being on the field. It'll be interesting to see how much these guys' ADPs change as we get to August. You yeah, know, when redraft huge. season happens, um, August, early September. Um, but it, ask but you guys if, this. It, if it stays like this, all I want to say is if it stays like this, Rashad Penny is an absolute fucking steal, in my opinion. He is if he stays healthy, which is no, what you're getting at. Because the cost, the cost that you're paying is pretty insignificant. I mean, right? Fuck, uh, one twenty overall ADP. I mean, he's being drafted. <laughs> in the, he's being drafted in the ninth round right now. Yeah, yeah. Wild. So you're, you're, what are you, what are you giving up? You're gonna go draft a wide receiver that's questionable. You know, could be a fucking asset. Maybe not. Probably not. Or, or are you gonna draft a, literally a fucking RB one? For his team, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's potentially that's shown talent, and yeah, for right, six weeks, for six weeks last year, he was the RB one overall in the entire league. Dude, that's a let me ask like a fucking this. steal to me. <laughs> I, I got one question. I got one question. Going into the playoffs of next year, would you rather have Kenneth Walker? Or Rashad Penny as your RB two? It's an un- it's an unfair question because of the health situation. What do you no, mean? Going uh, assuming the okay, if they're both if they're both healthy, say, like, let's say I, they're both healthy. A, I, that's why I'm asking that because of what you guys think what will happen by the end of this season. If Rashad Penny's healthy at the end of the year, that means he probably had a pretty good fucking year. I would say Rashad Penny. I would too. And the thing is, like, you can't predict health. The thing is, like, think about guys that have come up. Like, I, I all I immediately go to, like Frank Gore. Frank Gore came out of college as injury prone he had torn both his acls at miami had another injury thing on his knee before that goes into the nfl doesn't have a single major injury it's little tweaks here and there misses like a game or two right but he plays for like what 16 years yep yep and plays almost the full season every year there's a reason why he's the third overall leading rusher in nfl history because of his consistency yeah longevity and consistency God, you knowledgeable bastard. You're welcome. You just always come out with it. So, I mean, health, you can't... Health is unpredictable. Christian McCaffrey spent his first three seasons playing every game, untouchable. Last three, he's barely been on the field. You can't predict it. It's weird. It is. And we could see a new Rashad Penny this year. Who knows? At this cost... I think he's worth the. Like, I think he's worth the. Pick. I, I I would prefer Rashad Petty in the eighth or the ninth versus Kenny Kenneth. Walker in the five in the fifth or the sixth. Hundred percent. Me too. Uh, Gronk. I agree with you. Gronk has retired for the second time. Well, or third. Second, but you know. Second. Everyone in the world, even his own agents, like, well, yeah, I can see him coming back. Even Tom Brady's like, ah, he could he could probably come back. He could definitely come back. 
Yeah, he he's still he's like what thirty three. He's still young enough to like still come in and produce. He just he t- he's taking I such know, a beating. OJ could come back if he wanted to. I mean, come on, what, what do you mean? Like anyone could come back from retirement. <laughs> no, well, I'm saying he could come not back and play in the league. Yeah, actually play like and produce be, in the league. Yeah, you don't think OJ Brecko would any yard run? No, no. He's like sixty five. Oh, put a white girl at the end in the end zone. <laughs> also, also, what are you gonna do? Put a fucking ankle bracelet on him as he runs to the end zone? Yeah. Well, to get the speed right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How else are we going to monitor it? Honestly, he probably run faster than, than him driving that white yeah. Bronco. Oh, shit. And tell him, you know, his girl's over here fucking somebody. <laughs> and he'll fucking just... <laughs> All right. Oh, man. That's don't, a... don't put a knife in his head. <laughs> that head. is a All right, uh, dark road to go down. Rookie tight end Cade Otten is reportedly um, going to replace the Gronk. Not sure how I feel about it, but I do know that Kate Otten was a pretty good prospect coming out of college. Fits the bill in terms of size, speed, and athleticism. Um, reportedly, he's already a better run blocker and three-down tight end to compared to Cameron Brait, who's been in the league for four years, I think. Is that all? I feel like he's been there longer than that. But four anyway, or five. Here's the deal, honestly. I'm not going to get a whole lot of talk on... You know, June reports, on a, reports. On, a, on a rookie, yeah, on a rookie tight end. Cameron Braid's been in the league. He's actually had success in this league before Gronk went to Tampa. Fantasy success, though, not yeah. really. I mean, eh. it's, it's, come it's, on, it's, man. it's not great, but like, like it, uh, come the, on. The only reason I say that is because when we're talking about tight ends, we want people who are on the field all the time. We've talked about it a million times in this podcast. There's a huge plateau once you get past four or five when everyone's healthy. And Cameron Bray is part of that, like, edge of the plateau. Yeah, there's so many guys on that edge. I mean... Like, five to 15. The fantasy community has been waiting for Cameron Bray, and... I've never been part of it. It's never really came to fruition. Um, It's the position, though. I mean... At the same time, unless you have a, a fucking freak like a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle guys, or he Mark was a, Andrews. Guys, he was a top 10 tight end twice in his career. Congratulations. Okay. His career of, what, nine years? I'm looking over here tight for end, Harvard. Eight, tight yeah, eight, eight, eight years. Tight end eight and tight end 17 really have not much of a difference. Yeah. No, I, I understand. But, like, you're going to take, you know, his – what we've seen he can do in the league versus some rookie that has never even touched the league. Like, come on. Well, what year was it? Shot. What year was yeah. it? Irby, let us know. What year was it? He was, he was out here smacking. Oh, it was, <laughs> I mean, it was a while ago. It was, oh, it was 17 and 16. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Uh, especially with COVID. God damn. That's like when Christ was born. Hey. Okay. It but doesn't matter. Okay. K. Dalton is coming out of, uh, UW, you know, local guy for us specifically, but like, shout out to him, shout out. All right, name name the last like really good tight ends came out of the fucking UW. Kate on. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I, so Will Disley shown a little bit with 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 uh, Seattle, Big Montana. But, yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, like, he's shown a little bit, but he is, hasn't been able to stay healthy. So like, there's that. There was the kid. Uh, the kid, the Jason. kid. What a fucking name! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he went. He he played for the Seahawks. He played for Cleveland for a while. I think he went to down at Jackson for a while. I can't remember his name. Dude. Yeah. Okay. I, bad reference. All right. Sorry. Dude. You remember at the beginning of this when Tyler said he didn't have much to say? 
Yeah. And then, <laughs> did I say that? Yeah, you did. I'm proving your right. point. You you really don't have much to say. So <laughs> so K Don is the best. All right, uh, Kamara. He's gonna be out for six games, guys. At least. Honestly, dude, I don't have much to say. Actually, that sucks. Uh, uh, Kamara being out for six weeks. Sucks. Yeah, that, that's bad. Especially for me. We have we have a keeper league, not dynasty, but a keeper league, and he's on my roster. Yeah, you and mean. I am str- so in that position. I'm not keeping him. Really? Yeah, not at all. What would it cost you to keep him? A worst a roster. First? No, what, no. Like, was it a first? That obviously it was a first that you drafted him. Yeah, yeah. He was a first round draft pick for me when I did keep him to, to begin with. Okay. So and then so this is my actually this would be my I kept him the first year, kept him the second year, and this would be the first. This is our third year going into this keeper league for us. And I, this would be the first year I'm is not it? keeping him. Yes, yeah, our third for this one. Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, on uh, from and Grant, every roster is different. Um, so I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't. It's not finalized yet, but I have uh, Javon Williams. I'm gonna keep him because I think he's gonna be better than Melvin Gordon. Javante. Javante. Sorry, Javante oh, Williams. I don't know who Javon is. Yeah. How, <laughs> how confident in that are you? I'm pretty confident. He's the better running back. I think they were pretty 50-50 last year, but I think this year he shows that he's just the better guy. Well, and you're 60-40. I think 60-40 or 75-25, I think it's going to end up being what it's going to oh. be. And you got to think about it like when you're in these keeper leagues, it depends on how your league is set up and the settings and all that. Yeah. But if you're in a, a traditional keeper league where you keep – if you keep that player, he's the same draft pick as – as the as the pick you took him in in the year previously, right? You gotta, you really have to estimate value and and try to figure out. Okay, is Kamara worth a first round draft pick this year if he misses six games? He's not. He's not. There's no way you can. You, there's no way you can justify that. So, I'm so for like for myself, I'm leaning towards keeping Javante Williams and um, Stephon Diggs. Those are my leaners for keeper for my keeper in our league. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Mark Ingram, you know, is still there. He'll, he's 32 right now. He'll be 33 throughout the season. And also Tony Jones, who I think is 24. Um, so not good news for the New Orleans Saints offense or for fantasy people that are relying on Alvin Kamara. Um, I, I will say that so before we move on, Mark Ingram is definitely a good – Cuff to have. Low well, usage. You think he still has the juice? Low usage throughout his career. Low years usage old? in college. Very productive in both stages of his career. Um, you still think he has the juice, though? Next year, he'll have the juice. I'm just saying, as, as a safe cuff with the Saints offense that doesn't really. They do have what it takes, but not quite. Irby, can you back me up here? I what, feel like you're on the let same. Let me ask you this: it, with if Alvin's out six games, guaranteed or for sure, yes. that's what they that's what they clarify, or if that's what they um, Ingram's an RB one. You would take, you would be all over Ingram over Tony Jones. Definitely one thousand percent every single week. Okay, am am I alone in this? Tyler? No, I mean it's hard to say. Tony Jones didn't play a single snap last year. Mark Ingram is proven. I think he did. Uh, not according to Sleeper. A little bit. Oh, it doesn't matter. Mark Ingram's proven. And he's never been a, a true RB1. So he hasn't been ran down like the rest of the other top oh, I'm running sorry. backs in he the did. league. He averaged 2.6 yards per carry. 
that's that's excellent. <laughs> yeah. So are you with me or not? <laughs> no, I'm with you. I I am as a handcuffed. I would rather start this season with Mark Ingram than Tony Jones. Thank you. That's a weird way to say it, but basically, if if, if Alvin's well, I mean, out, yeah, if Alvin's out, I'd rather have Mark Ingram. But I'm just saying, like, it's only to start the season because you know, as of right now, we're thinking he's gonna be gone for six weeks. I went out on a limb. Mark Ingram RB one when Alvin's out. Uh, I wouldn't go that no. far. I don't think I'd go RB one, but Ooh. I think he's one and a half. One and a half. I think he's he's I think he's a solid RB two for the first six weeks of the year. Y'all are fucking up, but all right. <laughs> Uh, like I would start him the first six weeks. I'm not saying he's gonna be RB one though. No, I would not. I would not go that far as well. Uh, the Athletics, Greg Amon. Wouldn't be surprised. Amon, if Chris Godwin Amen. opens the season <laughs> on the reserve slash pup list. Um, so that would require a minimum of four weeks. Is out. this news? I thought we all kind of expected this. He tore his ACL in like what, like week seventeen yeah. or, the, or the wild card? Like what? It's not what? really news. I was yeah. just, I was going to say the same thing. Did we not expect? Like honestly, myself, I expected Chris Godwin to miss the first uh, six weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't really news. It is what it is. We knew. I'm pretty sure we all understood this happened. It's kind of part of the reason they went out to got and got Russell Gage to be their their wide receiver two in the meantime. And by the way, Russell Gage, good, good draft prospect. Yeah, I, I kind of like him too. His uh, ADP is not bad right now. It's I don't, I right. don't like people comparing him to Antonio Brown because I think they're no, they're different. Ah, come they're on, different. man. I think they're completely different talents. It, uh, it doesn't matter though. Same offense, same quarterback. It does matter. Is is Russell Gage living in t- in Tom Brady's living room, dude? Like, obviously, I'm not doubting Antonio Brown. I'm just saying this: Did Antonio Brown do anything last year that really blew your fucking mind? It's the Are little, you it's wait? The, hold on, wasn't the, he like a top twenty receiver that he missed half the season? He was pretty good. I mean, he was. On, Russell story. Gage is good enough. He's not going to match that. If we let's just say if we did the same season over again. He's not going to match what Antonio Brown did, but he's capable of doing 80% of what that is. So what you're saying is at his ADP, totally worthy. Totally worthy. Okay. Totally worthy. Um, especially once Mike Evans comes back. Third wide receiver in that offense. Russell Gage is someone who I, I've always thought has been a value and has been underused and has had good games. I think I like it. Gage at his ADP right now, too, uh, but I won't go much higher. Though. I will say, Antonio Brown, in the seven games he played last year, averaged 14 points a game. Pretty let's solid. Be, let's be real. If Antonio Brown was on the Bucks right now and was available, was playing. I would draft him higher than Russell Gage without question. Well, yes, obviously. Well, no, he, shit. no, he would be. be <laughs> that, this is what I'm saying is he would be drafted as a top 24 wide receiver. Yes, absolutely. So. Russell Gage is pretty far outside of that the last time I looked. I'm not going to argue that to save time, but top 24, God, y'all are ridiculous. Antonio, you don't think Antonio Brown would be drafted as a top 24 receiver right now if he was healthy and playing and not crazy? Are you saying that because Chris Godwin's missing? No, I think just in general. No, I would say that because of Chris Godwin being missing for at least the six weeks. I, I Four weeks is crazy. He's going to be gone at least six. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. I I don't believe that. What I'm trying to say. Antonio Brown, <laughs> if he was going to play next year, he's 
a for sure 100% week in and week out flex play. What I'm, I'm saying is Antonio Brown would be much, much more expensive than Russell Gage is right now. Definitely. Yes. But in the same role, right? And Russell Gage yes. has been in an offense with the Falcons. Uh, has been a little bit more um, run conservative, right? Sure. Right? So R- R- Russell Gage is in a new offense. So I-, I-, I firmly believe in Russell Gage this season. All right. Uh, Dallas head coach Mike McCarthy says Zeke is completely healthy. Well, it's the offseason. He better be. And so is Big Mike. Move on. Apparently. Big Mike. Yeah, Big, Big Mike McCarthy. Mike, yeah, he's looking good. But this is mad weight. Lost about 150, 250 pounds. Probably looking better than Zeke. He did not lose 150 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> he lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Not that much. I'm sure he's feeling good, but like, come on. Who cares? He's not calling the plays anyway. Real quick, what are your thoughts on Zeke this year? In 2021, he was the RB6. In 2020, he was the RB4. In 2019, he was the RB5. In 2018, he was the RB10. In 2017, he was the RB1. So he's been in the top 10 running back for the last five years, so you're just telling me? Yes. All right. Think he'll be that again in year six? I think they're going to give Tony Pollard a little more, a little more go. So I'm not gonna say top ten, but I'm still, I think he still finishes top fifteen as long as he stays healthy. I'm with that, honestly. Um, honestly. I think people are actually sleeping on Zeke this year. It seems crazy. I feel like his ADP is <clears throat> falling really hard right now. People are sleeping on him. Well, him, Saquon, Saquon's a good person. Is in yeah. dropping right now at Zeke's ADP. I love him as a pick. Absolutely love it, especially if you go into that. He's no, going it, as running back 17, yeah. 30. He's one in the third round. Yes. Are you kidding me? I, I would think, love I think Zeke I picked in the third him round. In the last mock we did, I think I picked him up in the fourth round. Yeah. like I would love that. That's not a problem at all. Yeah. Absolutely. He was my third running back. Wild. Uh, I, I will just say this just to cap it off. Maybe it's just me being a fucking idiot watching the Cowboys the last year, year and a half. You know, one of our good buddies – is a Cowboys fan, so I've been seeing a lot of Cowboys games. I think "fan" is an understatement. Yeah, fanatic. I guess you would you would say. Um, honestly, r- r- running without heart—that's all I gotta say. And I, I just gotta see it. I just gotta see him running, think, running with heart. I think it might have been more. He was running without a hamstring last year, but yeah, I think there were some physical issues. He still finishes RB six. I was talking about the last couple of years, though. But okay, even but finishes even with RB four, yeah, even with even with injury, he's he's finishing as a top ten running back. Like, yeah. I'm not arguing against it, but it, it it's something that it's 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 concerning to me. No, and, and I understand it, but like, I'll give him another shot. And see what happens. Dude, especially, I'm ADP. not saying I wouldn't draft him at that ADP. I mean, I think it's if if Zeke Elliott is sitting there in the fourth round, you have a potential oh RB one, and you fourth. don't take him. No, it, it won't, it won't happen. Any elite that we're you're, part of. No, you're an idiot. If he's sitting there in the fourth <laughs> round and you don't take him, I don't care what your team structure is. <laughs> and you don't take Zeke. He's saying he didn't say you were an idiot. He said that if you don't take him in the fourth round. You're an idiot. No, yes. don't call me an idiot, dude. <laughs> You're an idiot. All right, bro. Hey. Hey, all right. <laughs> moving on. The cuffs. J.K. Dobbins not playing in the preseason. No one cares. Um, yeah. Ritter. Wait, what? Wait, no one cares. He's not going to play in the preseason. He's, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, get him healthy. He's fine. 
uh, Ritter to make competition uh, out of the starting uh, job. Let's give one minute no, to that. Trade. This is this is something that you're gonna want to hear. Ritter oh is God. to make a competition out of the starting job for quarterback in Atlanta. It doesn't matter because Marcus Mariota is gonna win oh comeback player of the year. <laughs> oh, Jesus. How many times can I say it? I've been saying it. I know four months ago. He wasn't even on the on the Falcons four months ago. Calm down. Yes, he was. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Four months ago was fucking February. The Super Bowl hadn't happened yet. Well, whatever, man. Ever since, <laughs> ever since COVID happened, oh, whatever. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> am, am I really being that ridiculous? Yes. Mar- yes. Yes. No. Sorry. I've been calling Dude, for it. Marcus Mariota, comeback player of the year. I. 2023. Man, that is an island. I guess that is an island of one. It's like plus fifty thousand odds, probably. I'll put a hundred on it. Bet on it. You should bet on it. Honestly. Okay. Who's your comeback player of the year then? There's not even a line for that. Let me ask you guys real quick. Who's your comeback player of the year then? Marcus Mariota. Hold on, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. That's name a couple. Maybe that's me being like biased, but that's so fucking like. Obvious at that point, like Christian that's McCaffrey, they, if they're healthy, they can be great. Like NFL doesn't want Marcus Mariota as their comeback player of the year. They're gonna want one of the stars, like Christian McCaffrey or whatever. Dude, the the reason I say this, and I I, I really don't want to take too much time on this, yeah. is they have Kyle Pitts, one of the the best young tight ends in the league. Yep, and they have Cordero Patterson, one of the most dynamic guys out of the backfield for the last fucking decade. And you have Marcus Mariota trying to revive his. Ki- <laughs> you guys really don't believe me on this. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're trying hard, man. Uh, Cordell Patterson. I mean, all right, we got to move on. Yeah, okay. Cuff Gary Cut. Right, so wow. I'm fucking- I, I sorry, can't, I can't wait. Finish to- your thought if you want to finish it. No. Mar- Marcus Mariota is a great value. Okay. That's all I gotta say. I, I guess because you guys be. are shitting. I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, he's going. He's going undrafted. It's a great value. <laughs> No, it's a great value. <laughs> if you're in a deep league and you're getting a QB2, Marcus Mariota is not a bad option. All right. Cuff carry cut. I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> are, you, are you serious? You're yeah. shitting on it that bad. No, dude. This guy has some bad years in Tennessee. Then he was a backup in, in, in fucking uh, Oakland slash Las Vegas. To Derek Carr. Yeah, and he had, hold and on. It, don't shit on Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr right now. Okay, <laughs> don't even bring his name up because okay. I will. I will get hype. He's okay. Yeah, you guys are killing me right now. You guys are really killing me. Are you serious? We have we have Trey flabbergasted. Um, <laughs> really, you guys are really being yeah. like that. You you think what? there's no potential for that to happen? No, I think it's very slim. Absolutely not. Oh, I, I, I'll give it the a. The Falcons' I offense has always slow. been dynamic, and not much has changed. It was not very dynamic last year. I think Desmond Ritter's probably the starter by week eight. I was gonna say week six. I'm saying it's always been, <laughs> it's always been dynamic. Besides last year, well, you know, a new coaching staff will do that. Y'all motherfuckers, y- <laughs> y'all will see. All right, we'll see. You will see. Honestly, watch me and Jim and me and Jim just eat crow on this at the end of the year. Watch Maybe that happen. We could. We Marcus totally Mariota is one of the best values at quarterback right now. If you punt quarterback and if you're in a deep league, uh, I'm not at all. Am I not saying? Him? All right, 
to have Listen, him at QB1. I'm not saying. If you're drafting saying, two quarterbacks in a deep league, you definitely want him. I'm not you saying you're him. wrong. You just pick him up. I'm just saying it's very highly improbable. He okay, was in an offense on. that did not fit him on the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. And that's all I will say. Yeah, that's move, all I will go. say. Let's move cuff, on. Let's go to, move let's on. Let's go to cuff carry cut. Cuff carry cut. You want to explain it real quick for the people, Trey? Cuff carry cut. All right. It's a very simple thing that I came up with recently. Maybe someone else came up with it. I don't fucking care. I came up with it. <laughs> cuff carry cut. It's a variation of fuck Mary kill. All right. All right. Cuff means someone you want on your team no matter what. You're cuff. starting them basically every single week. Yeah, yeah. Carry means you're carry. Basically, you hold them on your team and you're starting them week on, week off, whatever, whatever. When the matchup's good, exactly. However, your team plays out. However, the matchup plays out. And cut, very simple. Someone you do not want on your team. Cuff, carry, cut, aka fuck, marry, kill. Boom, boom, boom. And now, so I just want to throw this out there too because it is the first of July, right? Yes. So we're talking about this in a redraft league. So in a way, we're talking about who we would not necessarily draft, not draft, and absolutely like or draft, maybe draft and not draft. But it's more like in the we're gonna give you guys three people who we would draft first, second, and third, right? Kinda, yeah. Oh, that's well, that's a weird way to say it. Well, only, not... only because it's a we're talking about in a redraft situation. So you have a fresh roster. So this first one. Um, so it, you know, we I, well, honestly, it, when we get into it, the season, okay, thing by thing. No, no, no. Let, let no t- honestly, me... no. I, I think I think you're you're approaching it in a, in a different sense in a little bit. Um, it, like all these situations are different. Let's just say you know, you'll you'll see from the first one that we approach, very very interesting circumstances. Yeah, okay. it's just like, okay. Go, hit it. So, for this first one, this one um, is focused around the quarterback position, and honestly, it's it's kind of like if you punted the quarterback position, right? So, think about it in that sense when you're choosing these players, right? Yeah. So, we're diving into cuff, carry, cut. Cuff, right carry, now. cut. You punted the quarterback position, and you have Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Davis Mills. I'll give you my answer first so that you guys can ramble on um <laughs> if if i was you know choosing in this situation i punted the quarterback position um i'm looking for a qb a qb1 i'm in that in that situation i'm gonna cuff mac jones um and that's because i think he has the highest floor out of these three guys um i would also carry trevor lawrence um, because I think the upside for him is higher than Davis Mills in terms of talent and ability. Um, that's just me. Um, but I know Trevor Lawrence had an absolute shit year last year, uh, but I think that had a lot to do with the coach and the situation that he was put in and the talent around him. I still think Trevor Lawrence is a pretty good player. Um, Davis Mills, I still like. But I think the upside for Trevor Lawrence is higher. So I would cuff Mac Jones, carry Trevor Lawrence, and cut Davis Mills. Didn't Davis Mills go to some smart-ass school, Ivy League? He went to Stanford. There we go. Smart-ass school. 
I mean, come on now. Either way, but before I touch on it, I, I'm very, very curious. As far as the listeners know, we, me and Jim, we recorded this uh well, part they, of these segments. The listeners don't know because you didn't post it. Well, they don't know. That's what I'm saying. We recorded this last week, me and Jim, but uh, we had some technical difficulties. And we somewhat agreed. I'm very curious what Tyler Erbach thinks about this. So, I assume you, you went the same way. It went. You went uh, Cuff, Mac, Carrie, Lawrence, and Cut, Davis, right? Davis Mills. I like mixed up first and last names, but you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, you'll see. Okay. So me, per- me personally, I'm I am still cuffing Mac Jones. Uh he was by far the best rookie quarterback. He has the highest floor, as Jim said. And everyone else, whether it be Trevor Lawrence or any of the other rookie quarterbacks, they have a lot to prove still. But I am actually cutting Trevor Lawrence. I would rather carry Davis Mills. He was the second best rookie quarterback last year and it wasn't even close <laughs> my motherfucking dog <laughs> it wasn't close and now he gets a second year in the same offense trevor lawrence is now learning a new offense and i know doug peterson is a very good coach he's a very good offensive mind but it's a new learning curve there's new pieces in place davis mills essentially has the same offense with the same players in there so i'm going to go with davis mills before trevor lawrence this year, in a redraft league, I'm not talking about dynasty. In a redraft, I'm taking Davis Mills over Trevor Lawrence. So you're cuffing Mac Jones. I'll carry Davis Mills, and I will cut Trevor Lawrence. Oh, well, my fucking dude, man. I appreciate you. We're dapping each other up. Y'all can't <laughs> see that or hear that, but um, I basically, I'm I'm in the same boat. Uh, from what uh, James was saying, Mac Jones has a very safe floor, and w- we we've seen what happens with Patriot quarterbacks. It, it's dumb to say with Tom Brady being there for so long, but Bill, Bill Belichick knows what's going on, and Mac Jones has a very safe floor. And once you get to Davis Mills and Trevor Lawrence, it's a pretty volatile floor. And I like Davis Mills more than Trevor Lawrence for the exact same reasons that you were saying. Am I saying long term? If if I'm doing dynasty, I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence over Davis Mills. Why? Just because of better player. I'll be honest, just because of the hype and the running upside. That but again, we're not talking about the long term. We're talking about just this season. Yeah. Right, and that, and that's why I said that those are the players that I choose. But if we're talking dynasty, I would rather have Trevor Lawrence over Davis Mills, just because of the athletic upside. And yeah, dynasty is a different a different. Honestly, if I'm going dynasty, I would take Trevor Lawrence over both of them. Right, because of his upside. But we're talking about redraft, and in a redraft league. I don't know what he can be. I know what Davis Mills can be. I think he can be even better. I know what Mac Jones can be. I think he can be even better. Trevor Lawrence is an enigma because he's going to a brand new system. And he also had the awful Urban Meyer just melt his brain last year. Oh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence getting two new, uh, hypothetically, two new top receivers. And Trevor Lawrence still gets, or um, Davis Mills still gets Brandon Cooks back, Mm -hmm. which is the reason he excelled in the first place. 
Agreed. Very, very volatile up and down with Davis Mills. But I, I like where it's coming from with him being from Stanford, uh, being... He was well coached in college, coming from David Shaw. Right. Uh, pretty pretty smart guy, apparently. I don't know if Stanford has smart people. I heard they do. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that what happens? Stanford has smart people, right? <laughs> Usually, yeah. Usually. All right. Moving on. <laughs> to the next one. To the wide receiver position. Jerry Judy, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Amari Cooper. I will start this one off. Go let me let me just let me just take it off right now, okay? Um, keep it in mind, he's an Amari Cooper hater. Oh uh, yeah, keep in mind, yeah. I'm a Raiders fan, and I am salty from the the years that he was part of, part of being part of the Raiders. And honestly, I've been keeping track of him when he was in the Cowboys. He tends to disappear. Am I wrong? I'm not. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Top wide receivers don't disappear. I'm sorry, that, I thought it was a rhetorical question. Yeah, it's a ret- <laughs> yeah, rhetorical question. <laughs> don't fucking answer. All right. So when it comes to cuff carry cut, I am. Ah oh, man, it. Now that's a couple of days later. Blah blah blah. James wants me to con- like be faster. I'm gonna take a little bit longer with it. Let me think a little bit longer about it. So I'm cuffing Jerry Judy because of the potential with Russell Wilson and being in a uh, very, very competitive division where I see a lot of high-scoring games going on. So that means six games out of their season, very high-scoring. So I'm cuffing Jerry Judy. Congrats. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I'm carrying Amon Ross St. Brown, who could be a league winner. Honestly, someone who's like so up in the air right now. Um, very productive guy. And I'm cutting Amari Cooper, someone who who tends to disappear. And we touched on it in the episode that we never uploaded because of technical difficulties. The Browns are a shit show. I'm not touching anyone that's not in the running game when it comes to the Browns. And Amari Cooper, from what I've seen over the years, especially if he doesn't have a solid quarterback, let's just say Baker Mayfield doesn't play, which is very unlikely. Uh, Deshaun Watson doesn't play, which is very unlikely this year. Amari Cooper does nothing this year. Someone whose ADP is so high, you're going to really waste a draft pick. Oh, you want me to go next? Okay, that's cool. Uh, Am I wrong with that, honestly? No, no, you're right. Tyler. no, it's so your, it's it's all it's all opinion based. So, uh, I agree. Jerry Judy's the definite cuff here. Uh, with Russell's coming in town, I think Jerry Judy's prime for a massive season. Does does their deep receiving core throw you off? Because it does no. for me a little bit. Got to take the upside. Yeah, I think Jerry Judy's the best receiver of that receiving core. So I'm going to take that. Um, I think he's the best all around receiver. Like. Uh, Tim Patrick's kind of a speed guy. Corton Sutton, he's kind of, he's a big play guy, but like it's kind of possession wise at this point. I think Jerry Judy's just talent wise, just better than the rest of them. So that's my cuff. Uh, but you're gonna hate me for this, but I'm gonna carry Amari Cooper. Yeah, well, and there and have fun with that. Take much for me to hate you, dude. I that's fine. I fucking hate you. That's now. fine. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, that's fine. Honestly, he's gonna be the receiver one, and his quarterback's probably gonna be Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett loves possession receivers and tight ends. That's what Amari Cooper is. If he tries, if he tries, he, he okay. I don't think his effort is really lacking. It's just that he's not the best athlete. So he's a possession receiver in, in general. He's not a big Whoa, play threat. I would argue he's the a, opposite. A he's, great athlete, the effort is lacking. No, I don't. I think he's. I think he's an average athlete actually, and that's why he's a good possession receiver because he's good at route running. He's not a guy who's going to beat you down the field thirty yards. It's not him. He's not DK Metcalf. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's not a speedster. He never has been. Never was. He's not Julio Jones coming out of Alabama, right? Like those aren't things. That whoa, whoa! You're throwing I, all these like very dynamic yeah, names out. But there. But you're talking about like him being like a dynamic big play threat. He was, never was that. Even coming out of college, that wasn't his but his he, goal. He he can be if he no, wants no, to be. No, he can't because he's not that fast. That's the thing. He's a possession. Even in college, he was a possession receiver. Who was his quarterback? Bro, you watch college football, right? <laughs> you don't ask me that. Right. Uh, Get the fuck out of here. I'm just saying, when he was there as a receiver, it was before the big play Alabama that we know now. It was back in the day where like we run the ball and play defense. He's a possession receiver, so that's why I'm caring. Yeah. And, oh, my and the God. Reason, gonna... he's, no, he's a route runner. Um, he's good at route. Yeah. He's a very good Great route, route and runner. Ultimately, You're going to cut my heart with okay. your cut. And ultimately... The reason I'm cutting, and I love Amon Ross. You guys know this. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. The reason I'm cutting him do in this you? situation, yeah, dude. I do. Come on, I was on him last season before you blew up. You're such an idiot, dude. Okay, but listen to my reasoning. DeAndre Swift is back this year, right? If he stays healthy, he he as He was there 13 games last year. Okay, and he also was the leading. He had, the, he had more receptions out of the back than any of the running backs in the league in that time frame. And Amon Ross still flourished. Hawkinson is also back, who was there. And That's they added. They also added DJ Shark. So now you add DJ Shark to Amon State Brown and uh, Reynolds, who they took a, who picked up from Tennessee. That's when uh, Amon Raw took off, right? So now he could be Fuck. the fourth actual read in this offense. There's a potential for that. And Amari Cooper, at least I know, is the number one read in any in the passing offense in Cleveland. That's why I'm taking Amari Cooper. Makes sense. I like that. <sighs> But you're so wrong. I'll have to. I agree can't with wait you. for the season. I don't. I don't want anything to do with the Cleveland Browns. I want nothing to do with it. So that's just my opinion. Um, so I would do the same. I would cuff Judy, carry Brown, drop Cooper. Moving on, Aaron Jones. <laughs> that's right, Irby. David Montgomery and Antonio Gibson. Say it one more Tyler, time. Tyler, you start with this. All right, I'll start with this one. Say it one Aaron more time. Aaron Jones, I, I, David I'll, Montgomery, Antonio Gibson. There we go. This one's kind of tough, actually. It is. I expect Gibson to be better this year, even though they've already even come out and said that his usage could fluctuate week in and week out. That's already been said. I know David Montgomery is the true number one running back in Chicago, right? Unquestioned, that's going to be the guy. Aaron Jones has been the number one running back in Green Bay, but A.J. Dillon's slowly but surely eating that. So I think this year, Dillon is going to eat into it more. It's probably going to be closer to a 50-50 type of situation. So I'm going to actually cuff Montgomery. I know. My God. Dude, honestly, this is this is tough. Like, I, I'm super uncertain about this, but I'm going to cuff Montgomery. I'm going to... 
mm, I don't even want to say it. All right, I'm gonna carry. I'm gonna carry Gibson. I'm gonna cut Jones. Wow, what a <sighs> oh, that's fucking fucker, idiot! I, I, knew, I don't. I, knew I don't it was love it. Be different. Honestly, I don't love it. these. Are these guys are all so close in value? I don't know. Let me hop in here, Trey. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm, even talking. Now, what do you I'm mean? Because I'm now pissed off. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm not gonna be super homer here, but um, in my opinion, and I guarantee, and I agree with you that um, AJ Dillon's gonna be very involved this year. I think both of them finish top twenty-four running backs. Um, but I think Aaron Jones gets split out a lot this year. I think he plays a lot in the slot. I, I can we, see that with the receiver I situation. See, I see. I think we see a ton. Of, He's five nine. We're gonna see a ton of two running back sets. Um, we're gonna see a lot of Aaron Jones being targeted through the air, and for that reason and that reason alone, um, I like. I, I would. I would cuff Aaron Jones. I would carry David Montgomery, and I would cut Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson. They drafted another running back. Um, who just now reportedly was going to take over in goal line situations. That is Robinson out of Alabama. Um, they also still have McKissick um, to work receiving work. So what does that leave for Antonio Gibson at this point? And let me be real here. I was one of the truthers for Antonio Gibson out of the gate. I was very, very up on him, very high on him, loved him as a player. But quite frankly, the opportunity is just not there. They don't give him the volume, and he can't stay healthy when they do. So, I mean, he played like every game last year, he even did. through injury. He, yeah, yeah, that's the issue <laughs> is he had to play through injury. You know what I mean? So that limits his ability. Um, and so... For me, the commanders are offensively trash. I, I mean, Antonio Gibson has been good. He's been a top 12 running back the last two years. So I wasn't 100% wrong when I was high on him two years ago. But at the same time, this year, when they bring in another running back in like the third round, fourth round. I forget when they took um, Robinson. Um, they bring They fight to bring back McKissick. Things aren't pointing up for Antonio Gibson. I think Aaron Jones has a skill set that is unique and that can be utilized outside of just, you know, Rodgers turning around and handing him the ball off. Um, he's a really good receiver. Okay, here, here's the issue with I say with that about Robinson getting like the goal line work. Gibson is bigger than Robinson, not by much. Like it's like an inch, like a couple pounds. But like they're basically the same size. Like so, why yeah. would Robinson get more goal line work? Doesn't make know. any sense. That's just the report that I saw. Oh, that's cool. It's the report in June. Who cares? Yeah. Ultimately, when it comes when it comes down to it, like talent's gonna weigh out, and Antonio Gibson's a better talent than Brian Robinson is. A hundred percent. I would agree with that. hundred percent. But does Ron Rivera? Well, Ron Rivera. Well, Ron Rivera also rode Christian McCaffrey into the ground when he was still the coach there. So yeah, yeah. I, I would say that's this. what he was supposed to do last year with Antonio Gibson, but. He was hurt for the entire fucking year. Yeah. So if he stays healthy, then like easy. I I think I would just say that Antonio Gibson has just as good a chance, if not you, better. You to think be a, Gibson finishes higher than Jones this year? Yeah, I do. 
AJ, oh. I think AJ, and, and I think AJ Dillon is going to eat too much into Aaron Jones's carries this year. He's just shown too much ability to not be a 50-50 back. But you realize Aaron Jones is their receiving back. There, there is that. So there's He's the only have, one. You have to take that. Yeah, I know. You have to take that into account. So not only that, but they can. They can play AJ Dillon in the backfield at the and, same time, and Aaron yeah. Jones. So there, there is slotted out or in the backfield as well at the same fucking time. There is that, but we also don't like They've as much as Aaron, as much as Aaron Jones is a good receiving back. Like running routes of the backfield, running routes out of the slot, are two different things. Sure, he can do both. He's five, we don't know nine. that. We haven't seen him do it we yet. Have. He's we five have. nine. I promise you, we have. He's not Hunter. His height does not matter. He's not Hunter Renfro. <laughs> All right, what's your pick, Trey? So, out of those three, obviously, we... I love Dave Montgomery. I think he is a possible top five candidate for running back. You guys already said it. One of the very few clear-cut RB1s. I love David David Montgomery, and it's it's a pretty close competition between Aaron Jones and Antonio Gibson. I would take Aaron Jones over Antonio Gibson just because how the commanders, the fucking Washington football team, however you want to call them. Right. Um, it, it It's up in the air. It, their offense, honestly, to me, is like the most unpredictable. Yeah, it could be absolute shit. It really it, could be. I mean, I mean, it could be, but at the same time, the, there have been years where like the, the, the Jets' offense was absolute shit, and you can find great sure. PPR wide receivers from them. So it's it's very hard to determine, but I'm I'm just rolling with kind of what you were saying, uh, past pedigree. So Dave Montgomery for me out of those three is the no- absolute number one. Someone I fully believe in, especially with his ADP, someone I'm trying to target this year, no matter what. Uh, the person behind him is, he, he's also kick returning. I mean, we're talking about uh, Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Who's honestly a decent back. He's pretty good when he got his shot. Very capable. Very capable. But that's not the team philosophy, right? They want to have a workhorse back, which David Montgomery can 100% be. Yeah, if we're talking about workhorse backs, he has the lowest ADP of any workhorse back. Right. Which, it's so surprising to me how people like don't believe that he can be that guy. Because right. the first two years of his career, he was top 10. He's just never been flashy, you know what I mean? So I think that's where people get stuck on that is like they don't, like the upside isn't massive. But it's such a high floor. People get stuck on the flash, man. I've, I've been talking about it for a year and a half now on the podcast. I want at least 10 points from every one of my starters. If we're talking, uh, you know, 11, 12 starters. I have 120 points. If I if I lose the fantasy game that week, 120 points, then I, then I deserve to lose. But right. if you get 120 points every week, you're getting to the playoffs and you're in a good position. All right, here's another good one. CEH, Clyde Edwards Alaire, AJ Dillon, or Elijah Mitchell. Whew. Actually, <laughs> I thought this would be hard. This actually is kind of the more I think about it, the, the easier this gets for me. For me, it's a 
cuff of Elijah Mitchell. There, I don't think there's anybody else in that backfield that really takes control. Elijah Mitchell showed that he actually could be a number one running back last year, and more or less, they gave it to him. You know, they, they did that, which is rare for a Kyle Shanahan offense. So, like, I think it's Elijah Mitchell. And I'm taking A.J. Dillon as my carry. Yep, I agree. Um, and I know I just, like, you know, talked about him and Aaron Jones being a 50-50 thing, but this is more about I have very little faith in the, pres- the fresh Prince of Hilaire. Uh, I'm, I'm over it, too. <laughs> Um, more like the first two years of his career has have not been all that productive, and now he has a legit, legitimate running back behind him. Ronald Jones has shown he can be the guy right. at certain times in his career. And I think he's overall is the probably better running back at this point. Yeah, I would say so. So I, this is actually yeah, I'm cuffing Elijah, I'm carrying AJ Dillon, and I'm cutting Clyde edwards helaire Yeah, I was surprised because I thought you'd have different from that, but. Um, I'm exactly the same. Trey, do you have something different? No, honestly, I I feel exactly the same. It, it's crazy how much Clyde has fell. He was a first round draft pick his rookie year. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm one yeah. of those. I'm one of those people that yeah, definitely no. drafted him in the first Jim round. Was that, <laughs> Jim was that guy. I was right next to him, and he was making that move. I was taking man. that shot. But hey, sometimes you gotta, you know what I mean, and and just see what happens. But you got to understand when you're banking on these rookie running backs, a lot of the times it's probably not going to work out. One thing I will say is with Andy Reid being the coach of the Chiefs, it makes me apprehensive and still give a little bit of hope to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Because we saw what he did with like Brian Westbrook, all these guys, you know, 10 years ago. Brian Westbrook was a really good running back. Yeah. I'm not saying he is Brian Westbrook, <laughs> but running backs that had was, uh, was, uh, was receiving advantages. I would say this right without question right now. Darren Sproles was the much better running back than Clyde edwards Hilaire. I'm just saying, you see what I'm getting at, though. He, he had receiving running backs that he took the full advantage of. Yeah, I think they, they drafted him with that mindset, and then... He's just not that good. He's not that guy. Shit did not work out that way. I mean, and the thing is, it's like, it's been what two years? Yeah, two years. I mean, it's only been two years though. Like, no, like it's things been can two still years. happen. There's a lot of guys that last six months and their careers over. Honestly, the, the, my biggest issue yeah. is like I understand okay. what you're saying there with I, that, but the thing is, running backs. That's not the case. Running backs are the shortest shelf life in the yeah. NFL. A- after two years, you should have shown. And most running backs, as if they're if you're a really good running back, you come in as a rookie and you hit because. Right. Being able to just read holes in an NFL in an NFL it's just line natural. Line. Yeah, it's a natural ability. If you can't do that, you can't do that. Right. It's hard to coach. Uh Swift, Eckler, Mixon. Tyler, okay. you start. No, I'm starting this one off right now. <laughs> okay. I'm starting this one off right okay, okay, now because okay. I already know what it is, man. I already uh, 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 shit. All right. Shit. 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 So I'm cuffing Eckler, very proven, injured for uh, maybe a year, had one bad year. Eckler is a very underrated running back who uh, should be very valued in the Chargers offense. I know they're like very more pass heavy now with Justin Herbert, but he's extremely valuable in the fact that he is basically RB1 at this point. And so I'm cuffing him. I'm carrying Joe Mixon. And it's a very tight one for me because Joe Mixon has been very, very valuable, especially as uh, 
the Bengals offense continues to, how would I say it, uh, just explode with with Joe Burrow being back there. I, I really think uh, if they continue to blow games out and put a bunch of points up with Joe Burrow throwing all these touchdowns, blah, 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 Joe Mixon's going to be very valuable with garbage time. And I'm cutting DeAndre Swift, someone who uh, everyone's been very high on. I have not seen it yet, and I I still don't I still don't see it. I like I like the Lions. I think they're on the upswing, but they're still going to be a team that's going to be losing a lot of games, which means they're not going to be running the ball very much. But he's a pass catching back too. He is a pass catching back, but he's also injury prone. So I am not about that. Man, it's you tough. Go? Oh no, no, I'll let you go too. I just this is a this is a tough. So I just wanted to, like, but it is hard. I, I'll, I told it's a tough one. Yeah, this is the one that I wrote. All these guys are very, very close um, in ADP. Yeah, that's I why think, and then they all have the potential to be this. top twelve backs next year. I don't think that's you know one hundred percent. I don't think I don't think that's necessarily you know. For me, it's um, this is how I break it down. I'm 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 cuffing um, Austin Eckler. Um, for me, he's just still uh, a slight tier above, and then I'm I'm actually carrying DeAndre Swift. Oh, and I'm cutting Joe Mixon. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That that actually, that surprised me. Um, um, Joe Mixon. I will get into Swift a little bit more here in the next segment. Um, okay. When we talk about our early breakout running backs, so that's obviously an indication into who I chose. Which is DeAndre Swift, um, but I have some nice facts there that I'll I'll drop. Um, to me, I think DeAndre Swift really reminds me of of Jonathan Taylor last year, where he's going between picks eight and fourteen, and could finish as the RB one overall. Realistically, truly, Ooh, that's how I truly feel. And don't come at me with, oh, he's on a shitty team. Colts didn't make a fucking the playoffs last year. Well, I mean, only because they lost to the Jaguars in Week 17. But only, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, they lost to the Jaguars in Week 17. Okay, are you gonna for a, are you gonna blame playoff bird? Okay, hold on, hold on. They're terrible. Hold on, you're talking about they were terrible. You're talking about a team that was a fringe playoff team versus a team that was a top five pick. Sure, but the, that's a that's a big the Detroit that's a big Lions difference. Have gotten much much better. In the offseason, they have an elite offensive line. Swift has gotten bigger. He's gotten more muscular. Reports are saying that he's the same, just as shifty as he was last year, just bigger. He's an elite pass-receiving running back. Okay. Makes big plays. I don't know if the Bengals have truly fixed their offensive line situation. Well, with the crappy offensive line they had last year, Joe Mixon still finished as running back three. Three or four in PPR. Sure. So right uh, behind, I'll Aust- give you that. Right behind Austin Eckler, actually. Yeah. What did he do the year before that? Uh, well, he only played six games. So he was hurt. Right. So right. So injury prone. No. No. The two years before that, he played sixteen and fourteen games and finished well, the top ten running back. Talk injuries, though. What happened to DeAndre Swift last year? Yeah, he got hurt last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, what was he doing before that? I think he was a rookie for that. He didn't do nothing. He was the he was like the RB fucking one. <laughs> he, he was like, or do you want to fucking pull the numbers here? Okay, you want to get right. some facts well, on it. Well, I was gonna say I'll, I'll talk about Swift when, in the next segment, but 
All right. His the year so he last year he finished as RB fifteen and the year before, and his rookie was RB eighteen. So like so in weeks one through twelve last year, Swift led the league in receptions. Okay, that was right before the shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. That's when he got hurt. All I'm saying, you're adding. <laughs> Dude, this, is it, be- it, this is before the addition of Am- this is before we found out Amon Ross St. Brown was who he was when they finally figured that out. And I don't know that's going to be the same. No, they knew who he was. Then why did they give him the ball? Well, it was just huh. an issue of no. It, it's it's an offensive issue. I'll, I'll be honest. Amon Ross' breakout was kind of after DeAndre got it injured. was it was, and that's and we talked about that a lot. And uh, what drives me from DeAndre Swift is. The the fact that he's a running back and all of his points come from receiving, more or less. Yeah, that's you know that's that okay that that, that I mean that, am I am I wrong? Am I wrong? He had a so, lot a lot of his points came from receiving, a lot of them actually. He had four fifty. He had a four fifty two receiving yards for six hundred seventeen rushing yards. So like, dude, five rushing touchdowns on the season, as the main running back, only missing three weeks. Let's let's say four because so he got that. injured halfway through the okay. you know, one of those games. Here's the I think that has a lot to do with opportunity as well. You know. Okay. Well, yeah, not, well getting, the, the, not getting a lot of goal line situations there. Okay, so you're talking about having a bad offense. Is that changing this year? Realistically, I think, I think they've definitely improved. Okay, are they as good as the Bengals' offense? No, 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 no not don't, not even a they question. Certainly have a better offensive line. That's not they the Bengals. Literally brought in three brand new starters who are start who were starters in this league before. It's not like these are guys that they think can become starters. These are guys that were stars and and graded out as really really good starters. They didn't bring yes. in fucking schlubs. Yo, I'll be honest. Correct. I was second like, like to piss but, apparently while this happened. So you're choosing Swift over Mixon? Yes. All day. All right. Holy shit. All right. All I'm gonna hit you with this. All day. I'm cuffing Mixon. I'm carrying Eckler. I'm dropping or I'm cutting Swift. Oh, Mixon on oh this on this offense, they finally found a way to for like everything is together. Joe Burrow's there, Jamar Chase is there, Zach Taylor's calling plays, and like things are working out. I think their offense line is better this year than it was last year. At the very least, it's a slight improvement that only helps Mixon as a runner, and he's also a very good pass catcher. They didn't use him a ton in it, but he's shown he can be a good pass catcher. So I'm taking Mixon over the three of them. And now, granted, I am not saying don't draft DeAndre Swift. I'm not saying that. I think they all three are very likely top 12 backs next year. Jamal Williams is still there. And when Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift were healthy, it was like a 50-50 split. People are not talking about this. It's almost like the Broncos. They they weren't doing anything. They weren't going to make the playoffs. It was a a winless season. They knew that. They're not going to put DeAndre Swift out there full force. If I mean, they, if they if they aren't doing any, if they're not going to make the fucking playoffs, what's the point? I would, yeah. I would argue somewhat otherwise. I see where you're getting at, but it, no, it's that's, Dan Campbell trying to prove himself facts. as a head coach. He doesn't give a right, let, fuck, dude. Let, He's got a, a guaranteed contract. Let, let me let me change this up for you guys real quick, okay? Let's get off of the cut, Cuff Mary, Mary uh, cut here. Cuff, Cuff carry cut. Carry cut. Sorry, Cuff, some respect Cuff. on the name. Sorry, sorry. Cuff carry cut. Would you draft all three of these guys in the first round this year? 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Because, like, I think they are all worthy of that. I think they can all yeah. be top 12 backs. I think they're all worthy. Um, I would personally, I would draft Eckler, obviously, um, in the first round. I would also draft DeAndre Swift at the back end of the first round. I hate you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like when you when you come when you come to think about the amount of running backs there are, yeah. Add in a few receivers and basically one tight end, Kelsey. Right, you're taking all of them in the top fifteen. Yeah. Am I wrong or right? Right. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. All these so, guys. Not DeAndre the, Swift. I, I I will honestly say not DeAndre Swift. I'm gonna tell you're wrong. And I'm cutting DeAndre in this situation specifically. I'm cutting DeAndre Swift, but I think DeAndre Swift is a RB one this year. Dude. Absolutely, it's without question. And that's why this is so hard because I think they're so close in value yeah. to each other if that Detroit it's Lions so are, hard. Or competitive and and in games, um, you know, I I think DeAndre Swift literally could finish in the top three. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this: if Jamal if, Williams wasn't there, he's gonna get no. ten plus. I'll tell you this right now: game. if no, I'm at, dude, if I'm drafting the back end of the first round, Jamal Williams. If I'm in the back in the first close, round, guys, think about this. It's not even let's say close. This. Let's say, say you are the twelfth pick. He's gonna be Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are absolutely two different species. I'm not saying they're it's the not same at all. But he's gonna get his carries, and no, that's not. why I would not no, want DeAndre not. Swift. Jamal Williams will not. He get his will carries. get his carries. If, De- if the Detroit Lions are any bit competitive, Jamal Williams won't see the fucking field. They were somewhat competitive that last year, and he was getting no, they double-digit carries. They weren't competitive at all. They were. They're trash. DeAndre Swift. It's we- the NFL. You're. Please, Irby, take it away. All right. DeAndre Swift, even before he started to miss games, was dealing with a shoulder injury, right? He yes. didn't just miss games directly when it happened. And that's why Jamal Williams was getting Still carries. Still led the league in receptions. So, I will say this right now. If I am at pick number 12 at the back, the very last pick in the first round, and I'm looking at basically you're, you're probably thinking of going, you know, either receiver, receiver, and going in a no running back situation or a zero running back situation or picking one running back and one receiver. I have zero issues taking DeAndre Swift at number 12 or 13. You know, however you want to go first. doesn't really fucking matter. It's your funeral, man. All right, we got to move on. We got one last one Wrap for you. Wrap this thing up. Uh, oh, we, we do? Yeah, we got the tight ends. We got to hit the tight ends here. Oh, God. Uh, George Kittle, Darren <laughs> Waller, TJ Hawkinson. This is a good one. This is difficult. What is going on over there? I have allergies, apparently. <laughs> You're allergic to cats and you own them. Um, I'm cuffing George Kittle. I'm carrying Darren Waller. I'm cutting TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. I'm going with the uh, with the provenness of that. Like Kittle, when healthy, is one of the top tight ends in the league, bar, without question. Darren Waller has the potential, but last year was kind of a weird year. We don't know what's happening. And TJ Hawkinson hasn't shown enough to overtake either one of those guys. So I completely agree. You're cuffing George Kittle. Yes. George Kittle's the top. He's the second best tight end in the league behind Travis Kelsey when fully healthy. When healthy. Okay. You're talking about tight ends. I'm like, this is not like something you can talk about like week in, week out production. Uh, Well, I will slightly disagree. I'm cuffing Darren Waller. 
And I'm carrying George Kittle, and I'm cutting TJ Hawkinson. Okay, so slightly slight difference. I mean, I don't think that's a big that big of a day. I mean, debate honestly. I think we all know Hawkinson would be the third guy here. If you want to put up a fit over Waller over Kittle, I'm not opposed to it. Honestly, I want someone who's going to be on the field. To me, this I is would the say difference. more, but I'm sneezing this like a motherfucker. The Darren Waller has essentially like the reason he's been so value valuable is extreme volume, like extreme amount of targets. He's gotten a, a ridiculous amount of targets in that offense. Hasn't had much competition, to be honest. You, you can say that about that about any top tight end, though. Not really. Has he had more targets than Travis Kelsey? That's yes. not the same. Okay, well, I mean, it, it, whether he has or not, that's different. Travis a, Kelsey is on a proportional, like if you look at it from a, a percentage basis, yes, he gets way more. I honestly, you guys talk about whatever you want to talk about for just like one minute, and I will figure <laughs> it out. That's that's why Darren Waller. I I I think Darren Waller is a good athlete. I just think a lot of his value is derivative of a large amount of volume and a large amount of targets. And that's probably because there were nobody else to throw to in the Oakland yes. or the Las Vegas offense I, in I, recent I, years. I see where you guys are coming from, but it's really not like that. It, it's very proven. James, you've been with me watching these games. He catches it with his hands. He doesn't get all these guys in an unreasonable <laughs> amount of when I say that, I'm talking about someone. <laughs> you, don't, you don't make it to the league without catching the ball with your hands. We, we have no. to. We have to remember he had 19 targets week one. Yeah, that's insane. That's For week one. That's, that's all that is. It's a lot. It's still one. a lot of targets though, regardless of way of what like position. That's, that's a ton of targets. So for me, but he's still worth carrying, obviously, because of that a lot yeah. and the athletic ability. He's either so. going to be in any league. He's going to be. The third or fourth tight end taken at yes. the at the very latest. That's not going to change. What I will say is, with these three guys, I'm not taking them as high as they're going. Their yeah. ADP, I think it's overpriced. So on average, uh, George Kittle, Darren Schultz, Kyle Pitts, Mike Jasicki, Zach Oltz, fucking Travis Kelsey, and Mark Andrews had more targets per game. Well, because he got hurt. We're talking per game. Oh. Come on now, man. You're shitting on my boy. I'm just saying. All right. What's your argument for him? Yeah, he gets targets, which he deserves them. Sure. So he he deserves to be above them. All right. He's healthy more often, and he gets more tar- uh, He catches more catches per target. All right, let's wrap it up with some breakout running backs. I think you all know. I'll start since I guess everyone already knows who my guy is. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Swift. We kind of forced you to bring it out. DeAndre Swift is my guy uh, this year. Reminds me a lot of kind of the Jonathan Taylor of last year. Where he's going between eight, you know, eight and twelve in most drafts, and ends up finishing as the top number one running back. Um, I see a lot of that kind of comparison 
Not saying he's going to finish number one overall, and it's guaranteed, but I'm just saying the potential is there. DeAndre Swift has gotten bigger in the offseason. According to B reporters, he's gotten much more muscular, but hasn't lost his shiftiness. Um, last year in weeks 1 through 12, Swift led the league in receptions uh, before suffering the shoulder injury, and that was you know, something that was a constant thing for him prior to you know holding him out of games for it uh, once they realized they weren't making the playoffs or doing anything. Yeah, injury He's, prone, not really top 12. <laughs> Sorry. He was also uh, uh, third in most uh, receptions per game among running backs behind CMC and Leonard Fournette last year. I think Swift has a big year. I think he could finish way above where he's being drafted. What would you say is his floor this year? Not not his ceiling. Well, obviously, his ceiling is up there as like a top one, two, three running back. I know his ceilings are. What what would you say his floor is? RB twenty. Yeah, I would Damn. Say, I would say close to you know like like at worst he's going to be an RB two for you. I would see, man, maybe I'm higher than both of you guys are. I'd say at worst he's an RB twelve. Uh, dude, I'm telling you, DeAndre Swift, you are fucking up. Why? It, it's not going to be the way it, you think it is. He's not going to be RB1. Is, are, is it only because Jamal Williams is there? It's like, what, 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 give what us a little more reason argument? here. I, I, I'm just not about it because he, he uh, his running stats in general are just not there. I understand the receiving stats are there, but I, I, honestly, I'm not convinced. From what I've seen, especially uh, looking at the film and seeing his, his running stats. Dude, like, his first two years in the league, he averaged 4.5 and 4.1 yards per carry. Yeah, it's, those, it's pretty good. What, what's his last year in the league? 4.1. Those are the, those are, he's only been in the league for two years. Those are his, his 4.5 and 4.1. It's pretty damn good. Well, what's his last year? 4.1. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dre. I mean, 4.1, we're talking about, like, this is the Lions playing from behind. So I am so, not so, impressed. So, no. So so when they're not they're not running the ball, he's still averaging good things? I understand. I'm not being very convincing right now. But these are the Lions playing from behind for the last two years. I Okay, I'll give you this. The Lions have been trash for the last two years, but he's still putting up good numbers, and they will probably – be more competitive this season. You you guys really think he's that guy? Guess, I, I'm guess just who not else, convinced. Guess who else has a 4.1 rushing average last year with a, a better offense? A lot of people. Joe Mixon. I'm about Joe Mixon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the same fucking thing, though, is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's the same thing. Yeah, I see what you're saying, and what you're saying can eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going to agree to disagree on that. We'll see what happens at the end of the season. Yo, the high ADP right. is wild to me. The uh, the hype on DeAndre Swift, I've never, I, I, I've never understood it. Uh, I mean, he's being drafted in the second, like, middle uh, of the second round. I think it's... So I, I would draft him higher. So while he was healthy it. last year, weeks one through twelve, weeks one through twelve, that's a pretty significant. Yeah, thanks to him getting the ball dumped off to him, pretty significant off. sample size. 
he led the league in receptions. That's above Najee. It's above yeah everyone else who had a shit ton of receptions last year. He led that's the before, and you're the person who led this take on this podcast. That's before Josh Reynolds came around. And no, Alan that's Ron- before he got hurt. Around the same time, Josh Reynolds came around, and <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown emerged. That happened after DeAndre Swift got hurt. Yeah. All right, let's pin you this. You guys one. are making a decent point. You guys got to pick right. your running backs. No, all right, let's pin this. We'll come back to the end of the season. We'll see who's actually right or wrong. All right. Trey, I'll go I'll, I'll go to here. All right, so for me, I'm thinking two guys that are going to be – I couldn't pick, pick between the two um, – I'm picking two guys that were both hurt last year for or for most last year, and they're going to be the true number one running back this year. I'm going with Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins. I couldn't really di- differentiate between one. I'm going to take Cam Akers over J.K. though, only because the Rams' offense is more dynamic. Um, I expect more running lanes essentially for Cam Akers. When it comes to J.K. Dobbins and the Baltimore offense, He's going to be the RB1. He's by far the most talented running back there. But that offense is so one-sided, so one-dimensional. It's, you know, run, 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 run. They're throwing the ball to uh, Mark Andrews. And then we hope Bateman can be a true wide receiver one. We don't know that yet. He didn't show a ton last year. We all know the talents there. We hope he becomes that. But I mean, when it comes down to him trying to be the art, the wide receiver one there, that's hard to see based off of what the offense is. So Cam Akers is my biggest breakout. As of right now, he's going, I think, running back 18. Let me double check those real quick. He is. He's going to be running back 18 right now and 35 overall. overall. That means he's going in the middle of the third round. So, I mean, in the third round, Cam Akers, you can get as an very high potential him being an RB1. I'm all over that in third round. J.K. Dobbins, huh? Yeah. He's going to be an RB1. I believe it. You really think he'll have an entire season? Why not? He was a full... He was a full... As a rookie, he was like a... He played a full season. And then, like, last year, I hurt before the season really started. So... Yeah, I think he's gonna be RB one. The only and again, the only reason and he's going in, in round five, so like that's not a big deal either. Uh, I love him there too, especially in the running back too. But like, when it comes to Cam Akers as being an uh, you're going in RB or as a running back in the third round, who could potentially be your running back one because of the offense he's in. Yeah, I'm taking that all day long. Because at that point, you're probably drafting him as really as your RB two, so you could have two RB ones because you're getting him so late in the draft. I can see that, and I'm with that, honestly. I, I love J.K. Dobbins, someone I've been high on. The the two guys I'm really high on as far as... By the way, this was supposed to be one guy. Guys? Yeah, yeah. I didn't go into very deep there. I, I couldn't pick. Yeah. I'll do one for sure, and I'll touch on one momentarily. So one guy I'm really high on with a low ADP is Dave Montgomery. Someone who is in a very rare situation as far as he is the clear-cut RB1. His backup is Khalil Herbert. 
someone that is on special team return duties unless things change during this offseason, and someone who finished in the top 10 the first two years of his career, last year finished outside of the top 10, but very capable, very quiet, but very capable. I love Dave Montgomery to finish as a top five like running back. Honestly, I, I think that's totally possible, uh, especially with Justin Fields in uh, at, at, what am I saying? Here? Quarterback. Yeah, at quarterback. <laughs> I don't know at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Fields at quarterback this year. I, honestly, I, I really see Dave Montgomery having a big, big year this year, and his ADP is so low. You could really uh, benefit off of that. I mean, you're not wrong there. I mean, the year before, he did finish as the RB4. Yes. Yeah. So no, I fucking love David Montgomery. And right now he's going. Right? He's actually, you know, I'll, he's actually going a couple picks ahead of uh, Kim Akers right now. But he's such a good pick. Yeah. No, he's he just he's one of those guys. Honestly, he kind of reminds me not necessarily his style, but like he kind of reminds me of Frank Gore in terms of like he's just always kind of productive. Not necessarily the top back year in and year out ever, but he's going to give you points. You can almost guarantee yeah. you're getting you know, 12, 13 points out of him week in and week out. Right. The only thing that's worrisome, this, especially this year, is that this Bears offense just looks like it's going to be atrocious. Yep. Well, that's the if, only downside. If the defense is bad, though, offensively, fantasy-wise, it looks great. Possibly. Because, I, they, because they get more opportunities, Unless they're getting right? blown out by 21 in the first quarter. But even then, like, who are they going to throw to? Like, well, you, they might be better off, like, thinking that the defense is going to put in, like, the dime situation. Well, I'm saying for the running back. No, I know, but let's think, like, even if, if you're that bad, like, you like the defense is putting out, you know, dime personnel, and you go four wide, and then you just run, like, read options with <laughs> with uh, Montgomery and... and uh, I think they need to run fields more. And Fields, yeah. He's talented. They, they probably do, but, like, I, I'm with Trey. I, I don't know if top five seems dicey, but I think he could, he could fight for top 12 for sure. Yeah, well, it's definitely possible. I would just say Saquon Barkley, who? someone who is ADP is very low. Saquon. Oh. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Saquon. I don't know who Saquon is, but. Saquon. <laughs> Sa- Saquon. <laughs> Say Quan. Say Quan. It's closer. It's closer. <laughs> I'm like your grandma. She's like, oh, this is his name. Say <laughs> Quan. But either way, Barkley on the Giants, very, very valuable at his ADP. I mean, especially when Brian Dayball is his coach. Moving Dayball. Yeah. So, no, I agree. I think Say Quan comes back this year. I do. I, I'm with Brian Dayball as a coach. I think that he leans on his playmakers. He has a way of knowing who to get the ball in the right times. I think Saquon has a bounce back the year this year. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I see Jim over here. He's like not acknowledging it. Look, I, I've been on Saquon all offseason so far. I think oh, no, he, he's too damn talented. He's just yeah. too damn talented. I mean, we've been we've that seen for how many years? We've seen the well, thighs. A, he was a top five running back as a rookie. Yeah. He's, he's top five. Come on. With those thighs. All right, man. Y'all spend the second round draft pick on Saquon. I will not. 
Well, no, but uh, what if he's available in the early third? Give me David Montgomery over Saquon all fucking day. Early third round, you you taking David over Saquon? Yes, 100%. Because at that point in the third round, I've already taken probably a stud running back, probably a stud receiver, and I'm picking up David Montgomery as my running back too. Yeah, that's what you'd like to think. You don't know what happens in the drafts. (laughs) That's probably what would happen in that situation. Is it probably or bad? I would already have two st- stud running backs. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, it could be that way, but I I would disagree. I would take Saquon over Dave Montgomery this season. Yeah. Dude, I'm high on Saquon. Oh. Give me him. Nope. Not me. I'll take the guaranteed production. Dave Montgomery. At that point. And I can right? it's not even just like minimal guaranteed production. Like you're getting high level production out of David Montgomery. Yeah. And I get that. You're getting like most weeks. He's well, not high level. It's yeah, I would say it is. I mean it's like it's like week in, week out thirteen points. It's pretty good. Yeah, but he's gonna have those games where he goes twenty plus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've been preaching that shit, honestly. You have what, eleven people on your team, twelve people on your team? If they all get at least 10 points, you want consistent average play, Yes, which yeah. sounds You're going to win. You're going to win. That's 120, 130 points. I know. I, I don't know, man. I'm just – I am so – I am just feeling it on Saquon this year. I don't know why. I'm going to stand. Yeah, it's a gut feeling. Though. Yeah, it is. I'm, it's the thighs. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I don't know, man. I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, I want to see it before I believe it. Yeah, and we'll see next year if, you know, if Saquon has a killer year, then that's gonna shake things up for sure for next year. But at this point, it's like, all right, let's yeah. wait and see. Because I I don't trust the Giants' offense. I know Dayball's there now. I don't trust Daniel Jones. I right. you don't gotta trust Daniel Jones to trust Saquon Barkley. You kind of do, though. They kind of need do some they? sort of something do out of the you? man. I mean, Nick Chubb was a top ten running back. He had Baker Mayfield. I, Baker's better Fucking than Daniel Jones. Not last year. Baker Mayfield was shit yeah, last we, year. We can play that game one day. Yeah, we can't play. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Do you Let's trust? Do you trust Dayball? Because Irby always. I do always, like Dayball. Irby yeah, is all in on Dayball. I, I do like Dayball. I just don't know how much he can do with Daniel Jones. Brian Dayball. I've never move. liked Daniel Jones. He's going to move Dayball. <laughs> I've been if he, saying If he it. can do anything like he did with Josh Allen in terms of the ability to run and be a, another threat in the offense with the quarterback running the football, then that's going to change things dramatically for this offense. Yeah. We got to wrap this up, though. Yeah, we went super deep. That was a deep one, uh, but it's been a few weeks. so We, we were excited. We were excited for you guys. I can't help it. I can't help it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help it. (laughs) All right. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll see you on the next episode. Uh, Hopefully next week. Yeah. No, we're coming back next week. We're making it it happen. All right. Tyler will be here. He won't be in Hawaii. All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Check us out at the FF Fathers on Twitter. And like, subscribe, and rate. Holla at your boys.